You're listening to a 10 Minutes on Tuesday podcast for Propel. I'm your host, James Haken from Elliott's. Thank you for downloading and enjoy. So I'm here with Ian Lee, the recently appointed MD of Thai Leisure Group, who operate 15 Thai restaurants across the UK. Welcome, Ian. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I think for those people that maybe don't know about Thai Leisure Group, it'd be great if you can maybe introduce the company and your brands, because I think that the, the overarching company name of Thai Leisure Group maybe maybe hasn't got a huge amount of notoriety yet, but it's definitely something to come in the next year, I'm sure. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, we, we actually only introduced the name as a, as a bit of a top-level company a year or so ago, so yeah, I wouldn't expect many people to have heard of us. There are, as you say, 15 restaurants in the group as we stand, and I'll tell you in a moment about the, uh, our growth plans. Um, the brands at the moment, we've got four brands, and we've got two core brands. So we've got the Tycoon brand, which is our casual offering, our more casual offering, um, and we have six uh, premium uh, Thai restaurants, uh, which are larger, higher spend per head, at the top end of the market, called the under the Chow Paya name. So there are two core brands, the Tycoon and the Chow Paya brands. We've got six of each of those. And the remaining three uh, of those, we have two, what we call Chow Babies. It's the sort of, the Chow Baby is the, uh, as the name might suggest, this the diminutive version of the Chow Paya. It's a buffet concept, in uh, one in Meadowhall in Sheffield, the other in the Trafford Centre in Manchester. And then we've got a... Um, a, um, a Lone Ranger called Yira, and we've got some exciting plans for that. So I think people will get to know more about that brand in, in due course as well. Um, but that's that's how we're structured at the moment. That's great. So when did you join the company? And obviously it was, I think it was late last year where it got announced that you took the managing director role, so congratulations on that. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of history here. I mean, I, um, I'm not from the sector originally, and I, I, I got to know Martin and Kim the joint owners of the company, um, actually a year before they opened the first restaurant, which was Chow Pie Leeds. Uh, we opened that in 2004, and I got, I got to know them in uh, 2003. Um, and so I've, I've felt uh, an affinity with the brand right from its inception and followed the journey. I came on board five years ago as a group operations director and um, and then I was delighted last year when Martin and Kim decided, um, as part of a restructure, that they'd like me to uh, take this role. So that's the um, that's how things have evolved. I, I feel in my heart that um, I hope for Martin and Kim it was the natural choice because I, I've spent so much time with them and with the company. I, I carry a bit of each of them in, in my heart. Martin's a very uh, well-organised, well-disciplined business person. And Kim is all the emotions and inspiration of the business, really. And I think those two things, if I can harness those two things in the best I can, you know, I think that, that's, what, that's what I can give for the company and I can make sure they have an enduring influence in the business in that way. That's really interesting. And I think having met both of those characters, I think that it's, it's really interesting how you describe both of them because I think that that dynamic obviously has really helped in terms of getting them to this point. But your job is very much about moving this forward and moving it into a, a bigger brand that, that continues to roll nationally. Yeah, I'm really passionate about this, uh, that we preserve the core of what we are and then we, we're constantly stimulating progress, but we must not lose sight of, of what we are as a brand. I was at a recent management development programme with our managers in Manchester and one of my colleagues asked the team there, who is your greatest inspiration in life? And three of the managers actually cited Kim, our owner, as their, as their inspiration 
which I think is remarkable. Uh, normally, there's someone in the past who, in hindsight, you realise inspired you, but she's a living inspiration for our brand. Her rags to riches story is, is unbelievable. It's a difficult story to to digest without feeling some sort of tingling in your spine. It's an amazing story uh, from absolute abject poverty to, to, to the wealth she has today. And all along the way, her humility is something that um, you know we all look up to. So, and then um, that needs to be carried on. I mean, they're, they're still in the business and they're still very much involved, but not from a day-to-day point of view. So when we're speaking to chefs, um, where Kim was, has historically always been very, very close, uh, I want to speak to them in the way that Kim has. And when we're talking to our managers, we call them business managers rather than general managers, when I'm talking to our so-called BMs, I want to make sure that I, uh, I harness everything that, that, that Martin's always stood for, which is um, you know, an eye on the numbers as well as, uh, as well as on all the soft factors as well. So it's a great place. It's a brilliant job. I've, I've, I love this business. Um, you know, it's just brilliant. If we were to be sitting here in, at the end of January 2017, how many sites would you be talking about having and what's the growth plan, I suppose, between now and then? Well, um, yeah, I, I hope very much that uh, January 2017 we'll be able to say we have 22 sites. Um, we've got four or five of those nailed on already. Um, so we'll certainly be in a different place. And every time we open a new site, we add roughly 45 people to the employee uh, base and we add um, another couple of million pounds to the, to the sales turnover and a, and a bit more EBITDA obviously so um, that, that's the plan we hope uh, we're currently doing 30 million um, we're going to it's, it's the biggest year of expansion so we're, we're effectively adding nearly a half onto the uh, onto the business and we've geared up for growth we've got um, an openings team in place Historically, we've pulled people from different from different corners of the business and pulled them together for an opening. But when we've got eight openings, pretty much back to back, we've we've brought people out and backfilled those roles. There's no person in the openings team who's come from outside. They're all people who've managed and operated in our sites. Um, the first restaurant of this year is opening in uh, March in the Metro Centre in Newcastle. Uh, the next one will be opening in Guildford, and. Um, there may be a little swap between uh, numbers sites three and four, but uh, further down the pipeline, we've got um, Aberdeen, another Chapire. Those other two are tycoons. Uh, we're opening in Leicester as well, and maybe I can reveal on here that we've also got Bath. So um, yeah, we're very excited, and you'll see from if, if you, anybody who knows our geography will see that this is uh, we're um, we're moving outwards with our brands. You know, we're getting more more of a UK footprint. Our, our mission, our secret mission, is to own Thai in the UK. So stop a person on the street, tap them on the shoulder, and ask them about Thai food, or for that matter, just Thailand. And I hope that they, that we'd feature in their in their ensuing discussion as, as somewhere they they think of. One of the things I think always strikes me when talking to your colleagues from Thai Ledger Group is that. You're a brand that started in the north, and I remember back to an ALMR event uh, sometime last year, I believe, actually, it might have been the year before, where there was a big debate on whether innovation uh, is always driven out of London, and uh, I think that it was quite a, quite an interesting conversation and became a rather jovial as you'd expect, but one of the things that <laughs> came out during that event was actually that with increasing prices in London uh, mm. and 
all of the issues we know with real estate in London, uh, that actually innovation is now being driven out of other places, and a place that was named at that point was Manchester. So from a brand that was born in the north, uh, I suppose first question, why are you not in London yet? And secondly, why do you think that's helped you in terms of developing a brand and growing it across the UK? Yeah, I think we've had to deal with um, lots of little markets in different parts of the country and we've inherently become very flexible and very open-minded in our thinking. And I think that typifies us as a business, actually. We don't necessarily have set role models. I don't think, of course, we read and listen to all, all um, many good, um, good items and, and best practice, and we're constantly soaking that up. But I think we have the courage of our own convictions, and I think we, we dare to be different. And that probably comes from our owners, who are inherently very independent people and who haven't been brought up as restaurateurs, uh, Kim is from the heart, as, as I've just explained before, and, and, and Martin, is, believe it or not, was running a power tools company before. <laughs> we weren't born into a stable as such. Um, in terms of um, the evolution's been very natural, it started off on, on the doorstep of Martin's um, house, in a, or Martin's um, home city of Leeds, and when that worked, the, the next thing was to look down the M62 in, at Manchester, and then a little bit further towards Liverpool. And then we started looking a little bit wider and <laughs> looking further north and south. So there's not been a conscious decision. That said, the last few years, the last two years specifically, we've really wanted to make sure we have a presence in London. I think a third, a fifth, I think it's a fifth, isn't it, of all the restaurants in the UK are in London. Obviously, uh, there's something like a quarter of the population are down here. We know if we want to be a UK brand, a U- have UK brands, a national presence, we need to be here. So we have been looking at sites. And we've uh, we've been we've not been successful with a few bids, and probably in more cases than that we've uh, we've backed out of bids. The, the premiums are such that we have you know we we are a little bit cautious when it comes to um, to, to making these decisions, and uh, uh, we we we're fairly confident in terms of how we operate in the province provinces. If you do the maths, it looks as though um, you know the, 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 there's plenty going on outside. Um, but we're not, we're not scared to come into London at all. And in fact, my own personal view is it may actually be easier to operate uh, one of our restaurants in London than it is in a place like Manchester or Liverpool where you've got to be able to show yourself to be able to build up a very strong, loyal customer base. Yeah, I, I think it's much more transient in, in London. And um, whilst people say it's unforgiving, the one thing is for sure you're going to get a different set of customers next week to the one you had this week. Not that we intend to or anticipate any errors or um, or problems, but it's a robust market, and we've got a good product, so we're confident. That's cool. If we go back to one of the first comments you made, you came, you you've moved into this role from outside the sector, but you have been five years in the sector now. I suppose thinking thinking to your time outside the sector, and I know that you've got quite an interesting background. What learnings do you think? you've been able to bring to this role and what's the kind of view on the wider hospitality space yeah it's a good question i'm always intrigued by how long it takes to become regarded as being from the industry i think no matter how long i lived and how long i was in here i'd always be quote not from the industry does that mean you know i don't know what the defining part of your career is um, i was a waiter at one point many years ago when i was a student so I am type of from the industry. Maybe I haven't gone through the the, uh, the management levels, and that's that's the factor. Um, yeah, my background is uh, engineering, and then I then uh, made a, an odd um, 
career turn and ended up working in professional sport with professional football and rugby clubs. So I, come, I came on board from a, with a very different bunch of perspectives and I think that, that's the important thing here. I think there's all sorts going on and it's obviously a very creative sector. People need to think in, in new ways, in fresh ways all the time. And I think if you're not from the sector, you might not be limited by the, the sector's thinking. And I mean, it's a, it's a very broad, it is a broad church, but I think you can really come at it from the left field um, if you're not from the sector. So Is that a football pun? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it certainly is. I try and I try and avoid uh, level playing fields and all this like if I can, but I, I do slip into it. But I'll give you an example. Actually, I, I did a, we did a management training course at a, at a recent management uh, meeting in Glasgow. I thought I would share with my colleagues some of the thinking that does come from football, and I had a few slides on each of these, and some simple concepts really resonated with them. And I was told afterwards they'd never heard some of these things before. And simple thing. I mean, they're, all, they're, they're cliches of, of sport. The, le- the leader is the one with the ball. I love that one. You know, and and I love that principle. It's not about a hierarchy. It's the the, the person who who is uh, vested with the responsibility of decision making is the person who's who's got who's got the greatest control. Which is, and that's a football and rugby principle. And then um, the another thing very big in sport is the the principle of the controllables and the uncontrollables. And you only work on the controllables. And take your mind out of the uncontrollable space, and all this sort of stuff is great, and I, I love all that. But but more importantly, there's there's I think there's a different way of of thinking, and I hope that what I've brought to this business is, and this goes further back in my career to uh, in terms of engineering, is a sort of a belief that it's it's all about people, but it's also about connecting people and structure, and you know, an engineering mind might be a little bit more structured. Um, and I wouldn't profess to being hugely well-structured, but I know the importance of, of connecting those things together. And in an empowered organisation, which, which is, I'm absolutely passionate about, that we have a very, we give lots of responsibility, we give lots of freedom, we cut the rules. The few rules that are there have to be really, really well-defined and well-organised. So I hope that's an engineering thing that I've brought, brought to bear. And, and we're constantly looking for people from outside the sector my, you know, my good colleague Christian, Christian Hall, who's the, who's the commercial and finance director, he's not from this sector either. And I know that, you know, people think, oh, there are two people, um, two members of the senior management team who are not from the sector, um, and his background um, will help us in our growth plans. He's seen a company grow from a few million pounds to over a hundred million pounds in a very short space of time. His background was, um, was high tech. Um, and we talk often about our backgrounds and, and about how we can how, how we can help mould things in, in this business. So, um, yeah, we've got generalists, we've got specialists, and we have some interesting discussions. I'm sure. <laughs> I think that's probably all we've got time for, looking at, uh, looking at the clock here. But I do want to say thank you for your time, and it's uh, obviously a very interesting journey you're on, and all the best of luck for the next year. Thanks, James. Great talking to you. Thank you.